following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Good morning, everybody. A little bit different setting for the show this morning. We are not at the Mountain Daily Basement Bar. It's man's weekend here uh, in my neck of the woods. We're talking AFC and NFC South division draft needs. We have uh, less than two weeks until the NFL draft. We're going to talk about what the teams down there need, including the top two picks in the entire draft. Uh, all that and more come up right now on Belly Up Fantasy. Dylan Rieger getting traded to Minnesota changes nothing. Six foot four guys running four fours. These guys don't grow on trees. And a lot of times I'm going to bet on, especially, you know, long term on the freak athlete. You don't ever want to overreact to what guys look like in preseason. There's been a ton of preseason all-stars that never make rosters or, or never pan out. There's the whistle. That means it's time to get going here. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Belly Up Fantasy Live. I am Chase Thornton, and as we said, coming to you not from the Mountain Bailey Basement Bar. We're in a hotel room right now and at the uh, mercy of the hotel Wi-Fi, but we'll see how it all works out this morning. Hope everybody's doing really well. We've still got our drink. I am still a fantasy expert, even though I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. Uh, no Kevin Wilson with us this morning. He's got some family obligations, but... Joining me on today's show, we have from the Morgan Man podcast, another member of the Belly Up Sports uh, Media Network here, Stacy Morgan. Stacy, welcome in. How are we doing this morning? Hey, guys. What is going on? I am doing great. It's an honor to be a part of the Belly Up Fantasy Live live stream right now. Uh, yeah, this is, this is everything that an NFL fan is waiting for two weeks away from the NFL draft, and guys, let me tell you, I'm excited for what the ATL is going to do this year. I'm, I really am. Well, yeah, I it's a time of transition up here up north. I'm obviously a Packer fan. Everybody who's watched the show <laughs> knows that. And, uh, yeah, for the first time in over two decades here, we're not – almost three over three decades, we're not going to have a Hall of Fame quarterback uh, taking snaps this, this year. But, uh, you know, hey – even New England had to go through that same transition, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it all shakes out for both our teams. But uh, we can, yeah. Let's start right there in the NFC South. Let's get it kicked off right away, and we can start with your Atlanta Falcons. There, um, kind of an unfortunate situation. I think it speaks to the quality of of last year's draft. Unfortunately, that a lot of the teams who took young quarterbacks last year. We're talking about being right back in the mix and right back in, in you know, in discussions for taking quarterbacks this year. Uh, Desmond Ritter right now appears to be the heir apparent and have the keys to the to the castle there in Atlanta. But there's, I mean, they brought in Taylor Heineke behind him, um, and there's been some talk that maybe they'd be looking at, at quarterback. I know that there was a lot of speculation when Lamar Jackson first came out. Uh, you know, when, oh, when we saw that, we, yeah, when we saw that he was only going to be put on the non-exclusive tag, uh, and you know, Atlanta was one of the teams that right away came out and said, "Hey, no, nope, hands off, we're done, we're not, we're not looking at him." Uh, so, as someone who follows the team a little more closely, are the Falcons sticking with Desmond Ritter? Do we feel like that's that's going to be the plan moving forward? And they just bring in Heineke as that safety net. Are they looking at taking a quarterback possibly next week at all? Should they be looking at taking a quarterback next week at all? Uh, no, you 
absolutely you should not be looking at looking at a well i just said it twice looking at a quarterback uh this year's draft because why in the world did you even begin signing desmond or drafting desmond Ritter last year it, it would make no sense uh, but now the taylor heineke signing definitely makes a lot of sense because he's comfortable with that backup position, he's already said it, and he's willing to teach Desmond Ritter. And what better quarterback to do it is Taylor Heineke, who's led the Washington Commanders from way down to near 500 level each season that he's been there, and uh, even led to the playoffs. So having Taylor Heineke behind Desmond Ritter is a good thing. And Desmond Ritter does not feel, fulfill his promise of being that great quarterback like he's wanting to be. Again, we got that safety net of Tyler Heineke. Um, Lamar Jackson, everybody, well, the front office for the Falcons has already done said it. We're not getting Lamar Jackson. It's just plain and simple. Desmond Ritter is our guy. And Falcons fans just need to let it go. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm sorry, but, you know, we've, this might be a little controversial, but we've already been through the Mike Vick era, and we we can't go through it again. We we just can't. Not saying that Lamar Jackson is going to do what Mike Michael Vick did, but as far as like the the on the field stuff of like getting injured or whatever the case may be, we we just can't go through that again. And and so having Lamar Jackson. Also, would just eat up so much calor, uh, calories. Cap space, I cannot talk this morning, but cap space, and we, we just got out of that, and now we just need to be like a Patriots team and just sign quality players for a, a low amount of money, and hopefully we can get a Super Bowl out of it at least. Well, and, and I, like you said there, the cap space, that, that bringing in somebody like Lamar Jackson is going to eat up. Right now, We've seen it over the last you know decade or so here. The the prevailing plan of attack in the NFL is to try and get that quarterback on that rookie contract, hit on that mm-hmm. hit, and then use his rookie contract time as a time to spread that money out, out elsewhere on the roster to bring in talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right now, if Desmond Ritter can work out for the Falcons, they've got that guy right now, at that young guy at the position they're not going to be paying a ton of money to, if you can hit on him, much like the Seahawks were able to do uh, with, you know, with Russell Wilson, uh, and it looks like the uh, Bengals are trying to hit on right now with, with Joe Burrow, you see mm-hmm. that across the league. And if, if Atlanta can get that to hit, it would really be unfortunate for them to have to try and take another quarterback this early. But they're not the only team that I mean that's looking at that. Sam Howell is supposedly QB1 in, in uh Washington, speaking of Taylor Heineke's old job, uh, they bring in Jacoby Brissett, another guy like Taylor Heineke that we've seen be that successful backup quarterback at a place when the initial option didn't work out. I mean, Jacoby Brissett was the guy who had to play and take over when Andrew Luck dropped the bomb on Indianapolis. In the um, but I, I, I agree. I don't think that Atlanta needs to be looking at a quarterback right now. Uh, Desmond Ritter actually – improved as his playing time went on in the four games we saw him in last year. He led him to a two-and-two record, I believe it was. They were yeah. they were showing progress. They were getting better. And he's got that nice athletic running quarterback profile that in Dynasty, and, and you know, we would love to see if, if you could draft a young guy like that in Dynasty at quarterback who can run, get you those running, that rushing floor at quarterback, and then you take him into the future, it still opens up a lot of other possibilities on your roster. Uh you know, elsewhere, 
for the Falcons. Uh, they, you know, now they traded away Calvin Ridley. They don't have him coming back now. Uh, but we are, you know, they do draft Drake London last year. Drake London looked pretty good, you know, in limited times. But he never really had that consistent, you know, that consistent presence thrown to him. Uh, they signed Mac Hollins. They bring in Mac Hollins. They bring in Scotty Miller. They bring back Kadero Hodge. But that's not a deep wide receiver core. I see wide receiver as one of the needs in this draft for them. Mm-hmm. You think they would be going wide receiver? You think that, that that's a position they could look to fill here in the first uh, two, three rounds with uh, with relatively high picks in each of those rounds? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, wide receiver needs to be not the top of the mountain priority, but it needs to be at least a second, third round pick, I do believe. Um, first round, obviously, you're going to have to go edge. Me, personally, I've been saying Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama, but he might slip to the Lions. So then that leaves Nolan Smith. But to answer your question, yeah, definitely wide receiver needs to be second, third round, uh, which I haven't been really keeping up with the wide receiver class this year, but definitely uh, in two weeks, yeah, when, in two weeks, I'll be on another live stream talking draft picks for the Atlanta Falcons, and I could definitely come up with some kind of wide receiver. I, I, me personally, from seeing on tape of who would fit in the Atlanta Falcons scheme for Arthur Smith, but really, Smith's system is more of a tight end. Yes, wide receivers do fit in as well, but it's more of a tight end thing, and we that's one less thing we don't need is a tight end because we've just signed we're probably what maybe six seven tight ends on this roster right now <laughs> well and and you've got Kyle Pitts who I mean when he came out when he came out in the draft I mean there was a lot of hype around him his athleticism we saw it his rookie season even though he you know he didn't get in the end zone all that much uh last year we didn't get to see much of him with with the you know with the injury concerns and and the quarterback changes there uh but when you have Kyle Pitts on the field, it's almost like another wide receiver, except he's at that tight end position. They bring in John Smith on the trade. I mean, they, yeah, they, they're set at the tight end position, but that wide receiver room, I think could really use an upgrade. Mac Hollins on the outside with Drake London isn't too bad. Um, but I, w- I would like to see them maybe go get somebody who they could throw in the slot that could really take some coverage away from Kyle Pitts and from Drake London. If we can get if we can get more one-on-one situations with the two of them, you're going to win no matter who's throwing the ball. Uh, so let's let's move on elsewhere in the division now. Maybe the favorites going into next season, the New Orleans Saints. They bring in a new quarterback. Oh, they have Derek Carr, uh, you know, which should mm-hmm. bode well for them from a fantasy standpoint. Der- uh, Andy Dalton was nobody's idea of a fantasy savior last year. He just kind of kept all of our heads above water. Uh, but they, they do bring in Derek Carr. They've got some questions of their own there in New Orleans, uh, in their backfield specifically with uh, Alvin Kamara's legal you know, legal problems. Uh, Jamal Williams they bring in, obviously, last season's leader in rushing touchdowns. Uh, and a guy that we know is capable of running that, that point position in, in the backfield if Alvin Kamara ends up suspended, which – I mean, I, I don't think I'm breaking any news here when I say I do expect Alvin Kamara to be suspended this season for at least some time. But uh, is running back a situation where we that we think that, that New Orleans could go? And if so, you know, should they be looking at the guy for the future? Kamara's not getting any younger. They don't have Jamal Williams signed long term. Or should they just be looking to fill in until they can get clarification on the Kamara situation? 
Oh uh, yeah, definitely. I I think you just need to really fill in the gaps right now until you get the Alvin Kamara situation handled. Um, my biggest thing from what I've seen from the New Orleans Saints this year is switching switching gears a little bit on that situation is what about Michael Thomas? Because Michael Thomas really hasn't been much of a X factor this season or this past season for the Saints. So do you go ahead and draft his replacement this year and let him or let him just like line up, you know, on the opposite sides of the field, you know, Michael Thomas and, you know, star factor wide receiver over here that just came out of the draft. Um, that's going to be a big question. Uh, but yeah, running back for Alvin Kamar, definitely. I think you just need to fill in the holes right now until you get that situation handled. If it looks like he's going to be suspended for a half a year, full year, uh, then yeah, maybe then draft a running back of the of the future. But if it looks like it's just going to be for like maybe three or four games, don't worry about it. Maybe get someone in free agency or move someone up in that roster until Avamar comes back. <laughs> yeah, they, they you know. It's it, we are talking about running back, and we are talking about the new replaceable part in the in the NFL. You know, it seems like uh, Williams did not. You know, they don't have Williams signed for a ton of money, and they don't have a long term commitment to him. So, you know, maybe getting a young guy behind him to fill in would help there. Alvin Kamara, I'm I have not been crazy about Alvin Kamara since Drew Brees' retirement. It just doesn't seem like they're using him in the same way that Drew Brees liked to look for him, and and. He, he just he doesn't look like the same player to me on top of the idea now that he's got these legal problems that look like they're going to shake out this season. We're going to find out one way or another. Uh, I can't see Roger Goodell, uh, you know, letting that situation slide without at least some kind of, uh, you know, punitive damages handed down to the Saints for for it. Um, but you bring up a good point, a wide receiver. Chris Olave looked great last year. I, I like him as a wide receiver one and a wide receiver one of the future young guy. Uh, Michael Thomas, we haven't really gotten a whole lot of usage out of him in the last three seasons, to be dead honest. Uh, he's been roster anchor for you in, in fantasy. If, you took, if you've taken him in redraft or if you've had him on your dynasty you know, roster, if you haven't been able to ship him out and get rid of him, capitalize on that name value yet. He's still Michael Thomas. He's still that same size guy, but we haven't seen, we haven't been able to see the explosiveness and and see that that dominance that he brought to the field. Now, I do like Rashid Shahid there for them. I think he's explosive, but uh, I I I'm trying to fight the urge to to think of Rashid Shahid as just that Deshaun Jackson kind of over the deep threat and blow the top off the defense type. I would like to see them give a little bit more work to Rashid Shahid, but I definitely think the wide receiver is a, is a position they could look at uh, early and perhaps often here uh, coming up. They do have, you know, they've got quite a few picks in the, in the later round, in the fifth round, they've got three fifth round picks. Um, it's possible they may try and package some of that and move up if they see the right guy at receiver. It's not as deep a class as it was last year. But, uh, you know, but there will be options there for them. I do like that as a position they could go. Um, I don't see them going, you know, quarterback of the future or anything. Derek Carr's still not old um, for a quarterback. But I think the other place they could help themselves would be the offensive line. Derek Carr is not necessarily the most mobile of guys back there. 
you want to make sure, you know, that with, you know, with the 29th ranked offensive line, according to PFF last season, this is a team that could really stand mm-hmm. up straight across the front, keep guys uh, upright and, and, you know, keep the defense off of uh, Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, whoever runs the ball until they get at least two yards deep there. Uh, elsewhere in the division, before we get to the, you know, the big question of what's going to happen at number one, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now they win the division last season with a local record. Uh, they kind of won it by default, kind of a war of attrition there in the South. Um, they do bring yeah. in Baker Mayfield. They bring in Baker Mayfield to compete with Kyle Trask at quarterback. Um, Mayfield, I think, played himself into a job with how he carried himself and how he performed in Los Angeles last year. But I guess kind of kind of a twofold question here. What do you make of that quarterback situation in Tampa Bay between Mayfield and Trask? How do you see that shaking out? Uh, what do you think it means for fantasy? And is quarterback a position they could be looking at in Tampa Bay if the right guy comes to them? Uh, well, to answer the first question with Mayfield and Trask, yeah, looking at fantasy side, you definitely want Baker to be the, the starter this year. Trask, yes, he needs to eventually be on the field this year, but you need to go with the, the veteran to begin with. And if Baker just does not live up to the hype, then you put Trask in. And if he just is like Tom Brady caliber, then by all means, just go for it for the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, for fantasy standpoints, you know, I'm looking at Baker Mayfield to start and just, just overall for Tampa Bay this year, it's, they need a complete overhaul. Every position is open for the draft and free agency for this team. Um, and uh, what was the second question again? Yeah, just is that, is that a direction we think they could go? It would be quarterback in this draft, or do you think that they're content here to see what they have with with Trask and Mayfield? Uh, you know, they, they don't have they don't have a real high pick, so they're not going to be they're not going to take a guy in the first. They're not going to get one of the top top tier. But if say a Hendon Hooker fell that far. To 19 in the, in the first round. Is that a direction you think they could go? Or is that not something that Tampa Bay needs to worry about? Because like you said, the Bills come and do for their for their all-in approach the last three, four seasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they need just to really focus on filling in a lot of positions that needed to be filled even whenever Tom Brady was there. But now since he's gone and really the whole team is just falling apart, you need to at least try to rebuild it somehow and then if quarterback is still available in like say the the sixth round at most you, you take a shot in the dark right there you know so that way you have three quarterbacks mayfield trask and then whoever you pick in the in the draft and you have that quarterback competition but you just need to take care of front-end help on offensive line wide receivers running back defense need some help obviously uh if i'm not mistaken i think it was leonard fournette he just got recently released from the buccaneers he did he did and that's that's one direction that i wondered if they could go they'll have rashad white coming back they do sign chase edmonds chase edmonds is a guy that i'm out on for fantasy purposes i'm i'm tired of uh you know Tired of seeing his name around, to be honest. Uh, it, it's time to bury Chase Edmonds from a from a fantasy standpoint. He's he's not bad depth to have on the roster behind Rashad White, Kishon Vaughn. 
a guy that some people had high hopes for, but seems to kind of fallen out of favor, fallen down the depth chart there. I don't know that you're going to see a lot out of Keyshawn Vaughn here going forward. Um, but they do lose Leonard Fournette, so there is a hole there. Whether Rashad White steps up to fill that hole, or whether they take somebody uh, in the second, third, or fifth rounds, uh, you know, yet to fill that position, I think running back is the direction they could go. But I agree with you; they have they have a ton of, of holes here on this team. Uh, the bill is coming due. It's time to pay the piper for the all-in approach that you took behind uh, Tom Brady, and that was and it was a successful play. They got mm-hmm. a Super Bowl out of it. They they they've won the division here and and made the playoffs with him in, in every season that they had him. Uh, so the approach worked. They got what they wanted out of it, but the bill is has come due for that. It's it's time to you've got to let everything shake out from your from your salary cap purposes and move forward. Um, you've got the young younger quarterback in Trask. Mayfield is not old, but he's going to cost you a little bit more um, if he proves this year that he can be a guy. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's a team that, that's got holes to fill on defense. They could use an edge rusher, um, but but they almost can't go wrong. It, 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 EPA needs to be their, their approach, best player available, jump on them. Uh, but then – to put a bow kind of on the entire uh, NFC South division, we're going to move to the team that, that right now commands all eyes and all attention in the Carolina Panthers. A Carolina team that kind of shocked everybody and kind of overperformed, I think, last season relative to what we thought they would do, especially after they trade away uh, franchise cornerstone Christian McCaffrey. Uh, they end up finishing second in the division. Now, they're obviously a team in transition here at the quarterback position. They bring in Andy Dalton. So they've got that good veteran presence. Another team that took a quarterback last season and Matt Corral, unfortunately for him and for the Panthers, got injured in training camp, missed the entire season. They don't really know what they have in him yet. But here they are with the number one pick in the draft after trading up with the with the Chicago Bears. And by all accounts, it looks like they are going to go quarterback. There's been scuttlebutt lately about whether it's going to be Stroud or Young. Where do you see Carolina going? Which direction do you think they should go? And and why do you think that they should go that direction at quarterback? Well, for quarterback, obviously Bryce Young looks like he's going to be Houston Texans, so that's going to be X'd out already. Because, uh, But C.J. Stroud definitely looks like he would be the right fit for the Carolina Panthers because he's got that mobility. He's got the, he's got the arm. He proved that against the, the Georgia Bulldogs in that Peach Bowl game. Almost beat the dogs. So that obviously right there, which of course I know college and NFL is two totally different, you know, sectors right there. But still, C.J. Stroud showed a lot of of athleticism and talent that the Carolina Panthers desperately need right now to in order to compete for this division. So that's the direction I think they need to head towards. And and I actually forgot about Matt Corral from um, Ole Miss that they signed on last year from the draft Um, just because – he got injured in camp and then no one talked about him for the rest of the season. But I think maybe this year you still, still get CJ Stroud, but give Matt Corral a chance in the preseason, see what he could do for the first, uh, first game. If he could ball out, go to the second preseason game. If he digresses a little bit, 
maybe then put in CJ Stroud, make it a quarterback competition all the way up until week one of the regular season. And then that's where you're going to really determine if the Falcons, not Falcons, the Panthers are really serious about competing this year. And if they are, it's going to have to be CJ Stroud over Matt Corral. Yeah, I, I, I think, like you said, it's unfortunate with Corral getting injured last year. It was kind of out of sight, out of mind. Um, I think you want to know what you have in him if for no other reason than, I mean, he'll, he'd be a quarterback and he'd be a, he'd be a, a usable piece of valuable commodity in terms of, you know, being able to trade him away uh, you know, or as that emergency backup plan behind whomever you take with the draft. Bringing in Andy Dalton, I like that idea of having that veteran presence behind whoever they take here. Mm-hmm. Um, the C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young debate. Bryce Young certainly looks the part of an NFL quarterback in all of his abilities. The only mm-hmm. question that anybody seems to have with him is his size. Um, can he be Drew Brees, Russell Wilson? Can he succeed as that shorter quarterback? It's it's rarer for a guy to succeed at quarterback, but it's so rare anyway for a for a quarterback to succeed. It, it's hard to find the mm-hmm. guy. You've got a guy with that skill set. It might be hard to pass him up. I've seen the argument for Stroud being more so just his size and the fact that you know, Frank Reich appears to like bigger guys at quarterback, taller guys at quarterback. We'll see how that shakes out. I think that either one of them. Uh, can have success there. I like what they did bringing in DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, uh, some veteran oh, wide yes. receivers. Now, they're not going to be the most explosive wide receiver room, but they've got some veterans there that can help this young guy, you know, at least gain some confidence early on in the season. Adam Thielen is still a dependable uh, wide receiver in this league. He's not the, the sheer weapon he was a while ago. But he's a good veteran presence. He'll be able to – you can trust that Adam Thielen's going to run the route that you need him to run, and then he'll be where you mm-hmm. need him to be. DJ Chark, a little bit more explosive maybe, but uh, you know at this point, DJ Chark is a wide receiver three for me. They do have still Terrence, Terrace Marshall, a uh, younger guy that can grow with the new quarterback. But, uh, yeah, Matt Corral, I do think they need to see what they have in him this year if for no other reason than – they need to know what they have going forward and whether it's worth keeping them around. Um, is wide receiver a position you think they could and should go, being that they are going to be so old at the top of that depth chart, they, they're going to need somebody, I would think, to grow with this quarterback. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you're going to need a young wide receiver to come in and – and help with CJ Stroud, you know, in these route runnings and with Adam Thielen coming in, yes, he's still going to be able to play, but also he's going to be able to coach this year too. And just looking at the list of prospects for wide receiver, you know, I wouldn't be afraid to say from what I've seen from um, talent accusations, maybe like a Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee uh, could be a possible wide receiver that the Carolina Panthers could go for because right now I mean he's looking like maybe a he's like at least maybe the top 12 wide receiver in this in this draft and the Carolina Panthers could desperately or could really use that top level talent coming from Tennessee because Tennessee really had a great offense this year 
Yes, they struggled at times, but still, that offense was very explosive, and no one could handle them. And this is where the Carolina Panthers really need to capitalize on a top wide receiver. And again, you know, that would be Jalen Hyatt. <laughs> And, and Jalen Hyatt, a guy, yeah, Hendon Hooker's favorite uh, target in Tennessee last, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but he's a guy that could be there for them at that 2-8 slot when they pick after. They wouldn't have to use, you know, that first round pick, obviously. They wouldn't have to go that direction right away. Uh, and they're not taking a, a wide receiver number one overall, but at that number two, their two slot, their 2-8 slot, Jalen Hyatt, mm-hmm. a guy that might that might still be there at that time, and they would be able to go out and get, like you said, that younger high-level weapon for him, uh, for whoever they take with the number one overall pick. I like that idea. I like that idea a lot there. Uh, we are going to go ahead and take our, uh, our first break here. Before we do, our friends over at Fantasy Sports Corporation, they want us to know that you're the man. Friends, hey. all of them over at the Fantasy Sports Corps. Good to hear from you guys. Thanks much. We appreciate that. I'm sure Morgan appreciates that. Stacy appreciates the, yeah. the the shout out there too. Uh, but let, yeah, let's go ahead right now, real quick. We'll listen to our uh, our Manscaped spot, and then when we come back on the other side. We're going to hit the the AFC South. We're going to switch uh, conferences and head over that direction, and we will talk about that number two overall pick and uh, where we think that Houston goes there. Spring has sprung and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning. They've already helped you tidy up all the nooks and crannies of your body's basement, but this year Manscaped can help you get the perfect presentation on that beautiful face with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Make sure you look your best this spring by using code BELLYUP20 to get 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. It's time to tame your mane with the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. The sun is peeking back out, which means you'll have to show your face in the daylight again. So use the kit to make sure your scruff looks award-winning, whether you got glorious beard flow or some smooth, sleek cheeks. The kit starts off with the Beard Hedger, a waterproof cordless trimmer with a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair-cutting lengths, all with one guard. So no more messy drawers full of add-ons. It also comes with the titanium-coated T-blades that are tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to a single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-sized package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. So what are you waiting for? Save 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUP20 at manscaped.com. Focus on the face and use the Beard Hedger Pro Kit for the cleanest look in the game. There we go. Thanks to Dan Mater for that read there. And thanks to our friends over at Manscaped. Use that code BELLYUP20. Get yourself 20% off over there. Take care of yourself up top and down below and make sure you're looking good for uh, for date night or just, uh, you know, just sitting around eating Cheetos on your own couch, I guess. But uh, let's move on now. Let's let's talk about the AFC South. Now, uh, AFC South, uh, you know, another – honestly, the t- two South divisions might be the two most winnable divisions if you want to look at overall parity and overall, you know, just the direction of, of the divisions. Jacksonville looks like the best team in that division again here in the AFC South, but they don't necessarily look to be head and shoulders above everybody else if some things could go right elsewhere in the division. Now, Jacksonville, you know, obviously they've got their quarterback. They've, they've got the man in Trevor Lawrence. Um, 
Travis Etienne ends up looking like the guy that we kind of all were hoping that he would look like uh, and, and seems to have the, the running back room. They can, can, you know, in fact, he impressed them so much. They were felt comfortable letting James Robinson, who himself is only, I believe, 24. Uh, they were comfortable letting James Robinson go. Uh, so Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence, a good young core there. Wide receiver position. Calvin Ridley coming back off of suspension this season. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the big trade with the Falcons last year. Uh, this is a team that had a sneaky good wide receiver room last year between Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones. Well, Marvin Jones obviously moves on in free agency. But we add Calvin Ridley now for this mix with Christian Kirk and Zay Jones at the top of that depth chart. Um as somebody who watched Calvin Ridley and then watched him leave town, unfortunately, uh, do you think Calvin Ridley can you know, can look like the Calvin Ridley of two seasons ago, three seasons ago, uh, and be that what they what we hoped and thought was the heir apparent to Julio Jones? Can he still add something to this wide receiver room in Jacksonville, or is that a position that they really probably need to think about in the draft? Um, definitely. Looking at the situation in Jacksonville, Doug Petersburg, he is he he's a goat of coaches already because you come in and you bring your team that will the Jacksonville Jaguars to the playoffs. That's that's impressive. It really is. And Doug Petersburg, he's he he's that guy. And I think if he utilizes Calvin Ridley just right, he's going to be the Calvin Ridley that's that was here in Atlanta with that thousand yard season and almost double digit touchdowns. Um, maybe it wouldn't hurt to at least add another wide receiver to pair up with Calvin Ridley, but Calvin Ridley, who knows what you're going to get from him? Because again, he's been out for a whole full season or really about two seasons. Cause with our time in Atlanta with him. He only played like maybe three games, four games at max, and he took a mental health break mm-hmm. right there. So really about two seasons. So who knows what you're going to get from him. But going from past tapes, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I wouldn't be afraid to say that teams are going to at least double team, double team just to make sure that they're going to contain them. But if Calvin Ridley can get past that, you know, you got a star, but still, I think wide receiver, you at least just need to pair him up with somebody else that's just going to put the heat off on Calvin to score some touchdowns this season. Yeah, you know, I Christian Kirk is not big. He's only 5'11 there. Honestly, Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones aren't, aren't giants at the wide receiver position. I would like to see them go get somebody, uh, you, know, you know, a little taller that could that could really be a you know a nice weapon for them to complement what the other guys can do in that wide receiver room. I think you know a nice a, a six three six four would look really good in that room. They've already got you know they've got Jamal Agnew, the the converted running back who uh, you know can play a special role for them and a special playmaking role for them. Christian Kirk, I think everybody, I I've beat this drum for for a season and you know, over a season now. They took a lot of grief signing Christian Kirk to the big wide receiver contract they did. All he did was come out and perform up to the contract, in my opinion. I thought I thought he ended up looking like a great sign, especially fantasy-wise. We got 
a lot out of out of Christian Kirk last year. If you took him in fantasy, you ended up having a you know a, a fairly cheap option and ended up you know getting a, a guy who was a a startable wide receiver one type. He finished as wide receiver eleven overall. That's, a, that's mm-hmm. a um, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, he's he's the great unknown here. If he shakes out, if he looks anything like the Calvin Ridley of old that top three of Kirk Ridley and Zay Jones can compete with almost any other three deep wide receiver depth chart in the, in the league. But I would really like to see them go out and take a taller receiver type to complement them on the outside. Um, they don't have a ton of needs. Like we said, they're, they're young mm-hmm. for the most part in, in Jacksonville, but I would like to see a bigger weapon, a wide receiver, um, they can plan to upgrade the interior, especially of their offensive line, uh, center, um, you know, somebody up there that can, that can run the show and, and really develop that rapport with Trevor Lawrence as well, I think would really help them. Um, tight end. Oh, yeah. Tight end is a position that where they're bringing Evan Ingram back, Evan Ingram kind of had a re-breakout last season with them. Uh, not a lot behind him on the depth chart, though, and and they're they are they're getting they're getting to the point where Evan Ingram is not a young prospect anymore. It's a deep tight end draft. Do you think tight end would make some sense for them in the draft? Is that a position that they should go? Whether or not they will go there, what do you think of that? Yeah, tight end uh, definitely. It wouldn't hurt to to pick someone, especially in a high round. Because uh, what is Jacksonville at least about maybe a twenty eighth overall pick this year? Because I know they've made the playoffs, so it's going to be lower. They, in the, they the have range. they have the twenty fifth overall pick. They have their they have their own pick, number twenty five in rounds one, two, three, and four, um, and then they have an extra fourth round pick as well. So they're picking pretty late in each round. But with tight end being such a deep position, there should still be a quality, I would think, a quality mm-hmm. prospect there for them at, say, 225 if they wanted. But yeah, they are picking uh, low in the first round, yes. Yeah, so picking low in the uh, the first round, you know, if, if I'm picking tight end, if I'm that front end at the uh, Jacksonville's head office, I'm going to go with either one of these two players. Um, Michael Meyer um, from Notre Dame or Darnell Washington from Georgia. Um, personally, you know, being a dog fan, I would love to see Darnell go to Jacksonville and uh, compliment with Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley in that in the offense because Georgia has become now a tight end offense. I've noticed that, especially with Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers is definitely going to be a first rounder, no matter what next year. But um, but de- definitely with Darnell Washington, you know, you got a good tight end. He's six seven, two hundred sixty four pounds. That's from what I've seen, kind of the 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 perfect tight end right there. What you're looking for, and definitely if you add that into that offense with Calvin Ridley and Trevor Lawrence is now finally unlocked his potential with the right coach and staff, this would be a scary offense or just a scary team in general to really win the South for the AFC division. Right. I mean, it, that'd be a heck of an empty set there. If you could, yeah, if you could get Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, and yeah, say Darnell Washington in, a, in an empty set there. Um, <laughs> that, that's a heck of a, that's a heck of a, decision to make for a quarterback on who to throw to there. Uh, 
so, you know, moving on in that division now, Jacksonville wins it last season. They kind of took the mantle from the Tennessee Titans. Now, here's a team that, you know, you, you brought up Doug Peterson and, and how he kind of righted the ship down there in, in Jacksonville, especially after the debacle that was the, the Urban Meyer, you know, if you want to say era, the Urban Meyer 15 yeah. minutes, I guess. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But Tennessee, unfortunately, looks like a team with, and even though I like their head coach, Mike Brable, they don't look like a franchise that has a direction right now to me. Um, mm-hmm. They don't have a ton of draft ca- uh, capital in this draft. They've got, uh, you know, they, the number 11 overall pick, the 210, the 39, and then they've got a, a pick in each of the fifth, sixth, and seventh rounds as well. So they've got the, the, the lowest draft capital of any team in the South this, you know, coming up here next week. But it seems like a team that's got holes that they could fill everywhere. This is a team that had the worst offensive line, according to PFF, the worst offensive line in the entire league last season. Um, you've got a quarterback in Ryan Tannehill who is solid enough to get you somewhere, um, isn't mm-hmm. typically going to make the big mistake, the, you know, the, the, the franchise killer mistake, um, but is, is on the backside of his career and you know, is not – the most mobile guy. This is another team that took a quarterback last season in Malik Willis. They don't necessarily mm-hmm. seem sold on him. From what we saw from him last year, I'm not sure they should be sold on him. Um, but, uh, you know, holes all over the place. Whether you're going with, with Ryan Tannehill, a quarterback, whether you're going with the young guy, Malik Willis, uh, whether that transition happens this year or next year, offensive line definitely something I think they need to hammer on in uh, in Tennessee, uh, but also this is the team that gave away Trey, uh, not Traylon, but AJ Brown. They brought in Traylon Burks. Oh, yes. They bring in Kyle Phillips, but the top three in their wide receiver room right now is Traylon Burks, Nick Westbrook, Aquina, and Kyle Phillips. That's not uh, keeping anybody up at night in the defensive, you know, game planning room. So at wide receiver. Do you think 111 for them is too high to go for a wide receiver? Do you think they should wait till that second, third round? Or do you think that they need to jump on that wide receiver position early and often and, and, and upgrade that room there? Uh, definitely go ahead and hop on it. Um, like you said, Ryan Tannehill, he's going to – He's not going to win you a Super Bowl. He's not going to make the, the, the roof explode. But he is going to win you some games that do matter. And that in, in the NFL, you know, that's really what does count is winning games that should matter. So keeping uh, Ryan Tannehill at the QB position definitely needs to be a priority. But going for wide receiver in the draft definitely needs to be at the top of that list. And looking at the, uh, the top three wide receivers – I wouldn't be afraid to say maybe um, Zay Flowers, 5'9", 182 pounds from uh, Boston College, could be a, maybe a great fit for him. Be a guy that could step into the slot for them and, and, and really, yeah, really be able to, to open things up underneath. I like Chigozer McConquo, their, their tight end prospect from last season. If you could, you know, with, with him, you have a legitimate weapon on the field. And Traylon Burks, could be. He still has all the physical tools that made him such a high draft pick. 
Um, but yes, putting somebody else in that slot opposite that, you know, that tight end could really help to open things up. And a, and a playmaker or explosive talent like Zay Flowers might make some sense there. I've also seen them connected to quarterback in the draft. Yeah. Uh, right now, they're getting a lot of uh, traction on the idea of taking, say, like an Anthony Richardson out of Florida, a guy who was, you know, kind of has shot up everybody's you know, draft boards with mm-hmm. his performance at the at the draft combine. Is quarterback, would you be willing to go quarterback right away for Tennessee, or do you think they should sit tight with Tannehill and with Willis and see what they've got maybe in, in Malik Willis? Yeah, um, there's a lot more other QB needy teams this year, like the Colts that – will be coming up here later and Carolina Panthers, obviously, and just, just a whole bunch of other teams, Texans. Um, so Tennessee Titans don't need to be worried about a quarterback right now. I think just play it out with Malik Willis and Tannehill. See who's going to have the upper edge going into uh, training camp and opening day for the NFL season and just let it play out. And then if nothing, if either one of them guys stuck this year, then, then yes, go for a quarterback next year because really, and and I might be a little biased right here, but ever since Tennessee lost Arthur Smith, they just don't have that magic that no. they used to. And so, and now it's all up to uh, I forget who the OC is there, but he just he just doesn't have the the pizzazz like Arthur Smith did to put Ryan Tannehill in perfect positions to throw to open wide open receivers or running backs or whoever. Derrick Henry, I I, I noticed this earlier this offseason he was reportedly wanting out of Tennessee. Was that right? There's been there's been trade rumors circulating about about him and Tannehill both, which I think would constitute a I mean obviously would be a major reset for the entire franchise. Um mm-hmm. Not sure right now what the market would be even for a Derrick Henry with with the the state of running back in the league right now. Paying Derrick Henry a lot of money on the downside the downside of his career. He's not young for a running back. We know they've you know ridden him hard and put him away wet. You know to coin a phrase from from the old days. Um, so I, I don't see as much of a market for him. I don't think that they need to concentrate on that. They've got too many more holes. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, like we said, the number 32 offensive line in the entire league, they had the number 27 DST in fantasy last season. They're not strong on that side of the football. They've got way too many needs, I think, to, to, to blow it away on somebody like an Anthony Richardson at, at quarterback. Anthony Richardson may end up being a guy for someone, and that'd be great. But you've got Malik Willis, young guy. He was supposed to be your, your succession plan to Tony Hall. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think Anthony Richardson is the, is their is their play there. Um, I don't know that taking a receiver at eleven is going to be the franchise fixture for them that they that they would hope it would be. So I think they need to go either defense or offensive line there in that first round. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's a team that, I mean, again, another team yeah. that needs to really have that best player available mentality. They've got a mm-hmm. lot of holes that feels like they need to fill there. And I agree with if, the other uh, left. They don't have that. They just don't have it on offense. If if they don't select a uh, wide receiver in that 
11th overall pick and they do go offensive line, um, really there's, there's three prospects here. You know, you got Josh or John Gaines, the second Dalton Wagner from Arkansas and Mason Brooks from Mississippi. Um, and John Gaines from UCLA. I wouldn't be afraid to say really putting in a Mason Brooks, uh, from Mississippi would be a bad idea for offensive line for the Tennessee Titans. You know, like, yeah, like we said, they could, they could really, I mean, they, they need to upgrade wherever they go. And yeah. I mean, you look at, you look at what they have on their offensive line. They obviously, they, they lose Jack Conklin, their, their star right tackle. They lost him to the Browns a couple of off seasons ago. They really haven't been able to find, you know, that answer on the outside there. They, but, but they're not strong interior either. either. And they lose Nate Davis uh, who moves on in free agency. So they're even weaker at offensive line than when they came into the off season. Um, I really think they need to concentrate elsewhere. This is not a team that I'm looking for a ton of fantasy points from this season, unless you've got Derrick Henry. And if you've got Derrick Henry, yeah, you, you, you've got to understand that he is at some point going to hit the wall. That's going mm-hmm. to hit his running style. Their terrible offensive line that give, gives him no room, uh, you know, to, to start with. Yeah, that's going to catch up eventually with him. Is it this season? You can never tell. If, you know, if we could all tell that, we wouldn't be talking about this on the on the you know, internet. We'd be getting ready for the draft next week <laughs> at somebody's front office. But uh, yeah. it's way too many holes to fill. I think to uh, to go somewhere. To, you know, they can't afford luxury picks. They need to be they need to be plugging holes and and writing this ship. I think. Um, so moving on. You brought up another team that really does need a quarterback and has been looking for a quarterback answer for several seasons now, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, right now, sitting at the with the fourth pick, there have been those four guys, those four names that keep coming up at quarterback in Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud that we talked about, Anthony Richardson, who we talked about, and then the one guy we haven't necessarily mentioned yet, but Will Levis out of Kentucky. Sitting at the fourth slot, they could get at least, they know they're going to get at least one of those four guys. They may have their pick of uh-huh. a depending on what the Arizona Cardinals want to do with that third pick, whether they trade out of their, uh, you know, whomever they take. But quarterback, obviously a position that the Colts need to get nailed down. Right now, their depth chart, Gardner Minshew, Nick Foles, so you know, a couple of, to be honest, career backups. And Sam Ellinger, who got a shot last year and didn't really take the bull by the horns, uh, not a strong quarterback room. I think we all think they have to go quarterback. Uh, where do you see them? Do you see them trading up to number three, even though it's only one position? Do you see them trading up to number three to make sure that they don't get leapfrogged for a guy? Or do you see them standing pat and just taking whoever falls to them as quarterback? I think they're just going to just stand where they're at and just take, uh, like you said, Will Levis from Kentucky. You know, I think he's going to be their best fit. He's got a good arm. Uh, he's got the mobility, you know, and I, I always refer back to these Georgia games because, you know, we played them last year. Right. But from, from what from what I've seen of them, 
Yes, because, um, again, they almost beat Georgia right there in, towards the final end of the season. But, yeah, Will Levis, he's got, he's got the communication. He's got the the leadership mentality also. And that's what this Colts team really needs is someone to be a leader and also to be that guy who can throw and escape the pocket if necessary. Matt Ryan, I, I, Matt Ryan, if you're watching, I love you, man. But, you know, it's, it was just that time, you know, the Colts tried with him, ne- never succeeded, actually got benched. And now Matt Ryan's just in the free agency market looking for another team. And so, so, yeah, so definitely having someone young like Will Levis, definitely this is the right move to go forward. Uh, don't I wouldn't even stress moving up for maybe like a CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, whoever. I, th- I think the Colts are fine at number four. I, I think they're probably fine at number four, too. Um, I don't mind the idea of an Anthony Richardson. I mean, they do – Shane Steichen now running the show there in Indianapolis, coming from Philadelphia where he had that athletic uh, you know, marvel in Jalen Hurts, a quarterback. So bringing somebody in that – they've been connected to the Lamar Jackson rumors as well. Now they've, again, themselves bowed out and said no. Uh, I don't think they need to spend the money and the resources there to bring in a Lamar. But I think one of the reasons that they've been so tied to him is because of their athletic profile and with Steichen coming over now to run the show there. So somebody like Anthony Richardson, even if it ends up being him that falls to them at four, I agree, could fill in and, and, and has an, would have an opportunity to succeed there with a coach like Shane Steichen. Will Levis, obviously, like you said, has the arm to be able to make all of the throws there. And uh, at the NFL level, he certainly looks the part that way. Um, but yeah, I, I agree too, that they need somebody to be able to step in there and be that leader. Um, should be interesting to see it. It's unfortunate, you know, this is a team that four years ago, we thought we'd still be talking about Andrew Luck as, as one of the, the greats of the game. And they've been kind of left in the lurch ever since he, he had to retire. Um, but, uh, this is a team that underperformed last season on the offensive line. They've got the most expensive offensive line in football. They had been one of the most talented. Um, offensive mm-hmm. line, an area where they sh- they could be looking to upgrade as well. But the other position I'd like to see them from a fantasy standpoint and from an on-field standpoint, they lose Paris Campbell. Um, they still have Michael Pittman. They bring in Isaiah McKenzie. And they have Alec Pierce from last season. But are we sold on – Alec Pierce, are we sold on Isaiah McKenzie as being a guy that can actually literally pull coverage away uh, and open things up for Michael Pittman? Or do we think receiver is a position that they could be looking at and should be looking at here in the draft sometime in the next, in the second or third round, say day two? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can definitely keep those guys around. Um, they've been complimentary to the offense. They've have they've made plays throughout the year. Maybe not explosive plays, but they've made plays where they need it to have win certain down situations and all that. But it would never hurt to go after a wide receiver uh, for for the Colts here. And you know, again, they're picking fourth overall, so definitely you have that high chance. But that's going to be for the quarterback position, obviously. Uh, so maybe like a late second, early third round pick. 
uh, right there in that situation. And, you know, I, w- I would go after maybe an SEC wide receiver instead of someone else because these SEC wide receivers, they're, they're just built different and they, they got, they got the mentality of that NFL level. Even at, even at freaking Vanderbilt, they got the NFL mentality of knowing what's going to happen in the NFL and how hard they need to train. And so going after an SEC wide receiver wouldn't be a bad decision, uh, but who would that be? That's up to you. Maybe like a Kayshawn Bodit from LSU. Maybe. Okay. Yep. Wouldn't be a bad decision. Yep. He's yeah. He's a guy that's been. He keeps getting mentioned among the the upper wide receiver prospects. But like we said, it's not it's not as deep a wide receiver draft as it was last season. Somebody like yeah, Pate from 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 uh, LSU. Somebody that could be there for them when they pick in the second or maybe even early in the third round. Uh, that yeah, that could kind of up that explosiveness factor in, in their wide receiver room. Um, you know, Isaiah McKenzie is a guy who flashed at times over in in Buffalo, but never really had the success in a passing offense that we've seen with with a quarterback like Josh Allen. If you weren't a guy that was going to be necessarily fantasy relevant in that passing offense, I can't see them coming or I can't see him coming to Indianapolis with a rookie quarterback and and being any more fantasy relevant from, than he had been. Um, Alec Pierce, a guy that I'm the jury is still out on. I like him as a football player. Uh, fantasy wise, I'm not so sure that we're going to get a whole lot out of him any more than a wide receiver three or four type. Uh, so I would like to see them go wide receiver. I would like to see them maybe try and uh, you know, keep hammering on that offensive line and upgrade that there as well. Um, but again, another franchise that definitely has holes to fill. They could go any direction after they take that quarterback in the first round. They could really go any direction there. Um, and then speaking of teams with holes, that brings us to the number two pick in the overall draft and the Houston Texans, obviously a team that is in need of a quarterback upgrade uh, and another team that could use a wide receiver upgrade. Uh, mm-hmm. You brought up, I know you brought up, uh, you know, the Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, uh, you know, debate with, with Carolina. And it looks like Houston will be left to take whoever's left over there. Who do you think right now ends up being the guy at number two for them? I guess that's going to tell us your, your your pick for who you think will go number one too. But who ends up in who's uh, well, well, I know I know all the media outlets are saying Bryce Young, Houston Texans is just guaranteed to lock it in. You know, do whatever you got to do with it. But you know, I and I'm still going to go with Bryce Young myself to the Texans, but they could flip a script and say, you know what, we want CJ Shroud. We, we believe in him more than we do Bryce Young because of the, the size comparison being so small. Um, but right now, I think just the Texans, they need to just settle for Bryce Young. And that and I think that's probably who they got locked in anyways because of his arm. You know, even though he is small, Bryce Young has got a gosh dang cannon that can go for many, many yards and he can escape the pocket and he, and he learns quickly, like from the times that he lost, I think it was from Tennessee that next game, 
he corrected mistakes that he uh, did during that Tennessee game against, I believe it was like Arkansas or something, and came back and won that game just flawlessly. So Bryce Young, I think, is definitely going to be the right pick at number two for the Texans because, again, you need someone who's going to adapt quickly to the NFL and also have that cannon of an arm. Um, and have and where you're saying wide receivers, you need some speedy wide receivers with that cannon too, because if you're throwing that long, you need someone to be downfield already sitting there ready to catch it. Running underneath that thing. What do you make of the? What do you make of the the multiple outlets reporting here in the last couple of just in the last day or two here that the Texans might not be sold on any other quarterbacks other than Bryce Young, and that if Bryce Young doesn't fall to them at two, if Bryce Young is the pick at number one from Carolina, that they may not go quarterback at all, and they may wait a year. Do you buy that at all, or do you think it's imperative that they get that quarterback this year, whomever it may be? Well, yeah, that that's, that's a possibility. Um, if Bryce Young does not fall to number two and the Carolina Panthers take Bryce Young away, they they could obviously do that, you know, because the Texans, they're not in a win-now situation. You know, no one's in a hot seat, this or that. They just got rid of their head coach. So if it could be the possibility that they wait another year saying, well, gosh dang it, now the Carolina Panthers took our pick. We're going to wait another year for someone else to – be at that top level and plus two, our head coach, previous head coach just basically, you know, screwed us over. If I could say that from the first overall pick and by winning the last two games. Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm, I'm torn on that. I, on the idea of not taking that quarterback at two. If, even for a franchise like Houston, you do not find yourself at the top of the draft like this very often right? The hope is that you will not be picking number two again or number one or in the top four again next season. You don't get this opportunity very often to, to be able to go out and get a guy, the guy at quarterback in the draft like that. I would be really, I mean, because if they don't, if they decide not to go quarterback at two, so now what are they trading back? Are they trying to gain more draft assets? You know, with that, um, They've already, I mean, they've already got an absolute ton of picks in this draft. Uh, they've got 12 mm-hmm. selections right now as it stands. Uh, and in yes. fact, they've got five of those in the first three rounds, two first rounders, a second rounder, and two third rounders. They're picking not only a number two, but number 12 right now overall uh, mm-hmm. because they have the Brown and they have the Browns picks from here until you know, our children are graduated. Uh I don't know that if that they that they can afford to pass up quarterback at number two overall. You, you there would obviously be a lot of takers to jump up that far if you decide you don't oh, want yeah. a quarterback. But how far back do you want to drop, and how much more are you going to gain? Taking lottery tickets is great, but cash in hand or a lottery ticket, in my opinion, take the cash in hand. Grab that quarterback while you're up here at the top of the draft, and then you know, worry about trading back later if you want. Uh, I, I yeah. don't like the idea of them skipping quarterbacks here. But at wide receiver, yeah. they bring in Robert Woods. They still have Nico Collins. Nico Collins 
is kind of the poster child right now for oh, it's always going to be his year, and we're trying to we're trying to turn him into a fantasy thing, and I don't think it's going to happen. It hasn't happened yet, as Denny Green is said. You know, said he are they are who we thought they were, right? At a certain point, guys are who you think they are. They've got Noah Brown. They bring in from across you know across the state there in Dallas. They bring Noah Brown in. They still have John Mechie, who they didn't get to see last season because of his cancer diagnosis. Uh, but he appears that he'll be ready for this season and at least ready to play at some point this season. The wide receiver a position I think they definitely need to look at. Maybe not in the first round, but they need to add to that wide receiver room. I agree with you. They need someone to throw to for this, this rookie quarterback. They're going to have to have somebody there. The other possibility is, is on the offensive line, number 26 offensive line uh, in football. I think they really need to make sure that they're protecting whoever they take at number one overall, uh, you know, so that so that you're not – you don't want to ruin the guy right away, right? You don't want to just throw a young guy to the wolves and, and wreck him in his first year before he even gets a chance to get his feet underneath him. Uh, we are going to, real quick, we're going to listen to a spot from uh, – Speak Geek, our partners here at Belly Up, and then we'll come back on the other side of that. We'll wrap things up here. We'll find out where we can find Stacy and what he's got going on, and uh, and we'll let everybody get back to their lives. Hey, everyone. It's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports, Seat Geek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, you can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Belly Up Fantasy Live for this week. Uh, we will be back next week, same bad time, same bad channel. We'll be talking about the AFC and NFC West, and we will wrap up and, and answer any last-minute questions we have heading into next Thursday night and, and round one of the NFL draft. Stacy, good to see you, man. Good to, good to meet you and have you on. I appreciate you being here. What do you got coming up here, and, and where can people find you and Morgan Man Sports Podcast? Oh yeah, well it's, it's definitely been an honor to be a part of the Belly Up Fantasy Live. I've uh, been been watching several of the live streams, and you know you guys are absolutely killing it over here. And uh, the Belly Up product is just rising every day, and I'm I'm glad to be a part of this ride. Uh, but yeah, so definitely um, my podcast, Morgan Man Sports. I talk Atlanta Falcons, obviously, um, and then also I talk Call of Duty League esports. So I kind of mix things around from the traditional sports side of things and go into like the esports segments a little bit. But yeah, so Call of Duty League is mostly the main topic with alongside with the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, you can catch me every Friday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's when the new podcast episodes release on YouTube and your preferred streaming platform. And uh, and actually, guys, I got a little uh, surprise. I've tweeted out today, um, but I've actually just released my own new uh, podcast planner notebook. If you guys are interested in starting a podcast, buy my notebook <laughs> you know it's it's definitely a, something to help out you know beginner podcasters and planning some ideas and some topics around their new new podcast and you can find it on amazon and of course i've tweeted it out already so you can just follow me 
right there. Uh, let's see here at MMS Stacy Morgan on Twitter. All right, excellent. Uh, yeah, like we said, thanks for being on. I really appreciate you being here, uh, especially you know, hey, anytime they don't have to listen to me talk for an entire hour, I, you know, everybody's happy watching this show. But uh, you can find me at STT Chase FFB on the Twitter machine, there, folks. Given my thoughts on everything running up to the draft here. Uh, we'll wait to see what shakes out with the Lamar Jackson situation, with the Aaron Rodgers situation. You know, will we see any more you know, big signings um, coming up between now and next Thursday? Will we see any trades coming up? Well, I will be continuing uh, you know, to release articles on FitBellyUpFantasySports.com. I just released the one on the uh, NFC North. We'll be having the East and the South should be coming out this week. So a uh, reminder to get over to BellyUpFantasySports.com and BellyUpSports.com. For all of your, uh, you know, run up to the draft, all the all the coverage we've got there. If you're into fantasy baseball, we've got that going full swing over there as well too right now. Thanks for coming in, Stacy. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. That's going to do it for us here. We'll see you next week, and until then, Langeva.